Those are probably the two easiest ones though, Matt. Find the deal and raise the money. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer, with me on these Wednesdays. We got uh, Don Schnurr, we got Matt Jones still. (laughs) Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing good, good, good. Matt, man, what's new? Anything? Uh, well, I uh, as of the time of this airing, I just got back from uh, South Carolina, although in practicality, I haven't gone yet. So uh, family vacation, but also going to check out some real estate while I'm there. It's funny because you're going to uh, a location I've been to many of times. So when you said you're going there, I'm like, oh, you got to check out this and this and this. I've been there. <laughs> I My brother uh, lives, Matt's going to the, the, the Beaufort, South Carolina area, low country. Uh, as the locals will call it in South Carolina. And I've, my brothers lived there for, for many, I mean, 30 years. And so I've been going down there ever since I've been, uh, you know, teenager and, and younger. Um, and so it's a, it's a great, it's a fun location. You guys will have a lot of fun. It's uh yeah, it's a good time. There's a lot of, you gotta, you gotta, get, you gotta get in with the culture. That's for sure. You gotta, you gotta get yourself some, uh, you know, just some some good local food and and hang out with the locals. It's that's definitely a great place to be. Excellent. So cool, um, man. We are busy as can be. We are continuing to to buy properties and, and move forward. We closed on two deals here over the last you know month, and we're pushing forward, uh, looking forward to our next deals coming up and. And so we're just, uh, you know, the market is crazy. And I think a lot of people are putting paws and pencils down, but we see this as opportunity. We're excited. We're pushing forward. Uh, we think that multifamily is a strong play now and into the future. So for us, we're, we are uh, conservative, but we're full tilt. Uh, you know, if we're just we're, we're going forward, um, not slowing down. Again, trying to be conservative, trying to be smart, trying to think of what's happening. And I, I actually was asked the question the other day, what are you guys doing differently in your underwriting? The biggest thing that we're doing differently in our underwriting is uh, interest rates. If we're not locking into long-term interest rates up front, uh, which one of the deals we did recently, we did. We locked into a uh, 4.55 for 10 years. So that was really easy. We didn't have to underwrite anything differently there. Um, but... You know, if we're doing any types of bridge loans, uh, first of all, for our bridge loans, we've never underwritten. Uh, we do, we don't underwrite a refinance and cash out. Like we just don't do that. So we underwrite uh, bridge loans at much higher interest rate than what they're at. So we're in in the sixes for our interest rates. Um, and assuming that when we do kind of recapitalize that A, we're not gonna pull out any money, uh, which we've always done, and then B, that our interest rates are gonna be you know, in the sixes. So so that's kind of the only big difference that, that we have right now. Um, the market is doing really well, multifamily. Rents are going up very quickly. We're 
we've never underwritten to where the market rents are increasing. Uh, we still won't, but uh, we definitely see a, a lot of positive gain. I mean, in the markets we're in, we're seeing 10 to 15% rent increases year over year. So, yeah, I mean, the market still is so hot. Uh, it, I think it's hard for new syndicators to, to jump in when there's such a great uh, competition. So uh, what advice would you give to people who are trying to get involved into their first general partnership of a syndication? So there's so many ways to get involved in this business and, there, and it, there's no one size fits all. So I think that's really important to understand. And we're actually, my partners and I were just talking before this call and we were talking about a gentleman who asked, who wants to do this business and, and uh, you know, said, Hey, we, I want to work for you. And I get a lot of people asking, Hey, I want to work for you or love to partner with you. Or, you know, we, how do I get equity in your deals and part of the GP, you know, so there, there's, there's a couple of ways and I'll, I'll hit on those, but one, one of the things that just be aware of, if you're kind of trying to come into this business and you want to learn, you can learn for free. You can pay somebody, you can work for somebody and get paid, or you can try to do it on your own. Right. And I'll talk about all three of those. So first of all, you want to get in your first GP, what, what can you do? You can hire a mentor, right? Hire a mentor, pay them. They'll tell you what needs to be done and, uh, and, and help you along the way. Now, none of these, by the way, that I'm going to be talking about, nobody's going to do it for you. You still got to do it yourself. So 100% of the time, if you're not going to put in the effort, you're not going to put in the time, you're, you're going to fail. And, and by the way, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, you have to put in the reps. You have to put in the reps and not expect results immediately. It's just not going to happen. If you're expecting immediate results, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. You're probably going to just walk away eventually because it takes a while. Sometimes takes longer than, than you would really hope, right? I, I know plenty of people but I did reps for an entire year before buying my first property. I know plenty of people that have gone 18 to 24 months before doing their first deal. I know other people that get their first deal done within the first, you know, three to four months, but that's not always the case. So you have to make sure you're putting the reps and understand that the deals don't just fall in your lap. You're listening to me. You're listening to other people's podcasts that already have been doing it for many years, right? And they've had the success already and that's built and snowballed upon it. You're, if you're starting from ground zero, you need to be patient. You need to understand that. So entrepreneurs have to understand that this is a slow start. It's a wind up and it's a, it goes relatively quickly, but it's a wind up and it takes a long time to get that first deal and to be successful with it. Okay, so so that that's just a preface. So hire a mentor, do the work, put in the reps, do what they say. You're going to have to do it your own way as well. And that's that's another critical point. You can't just assume you can copycat me, for instance. I don't assume any of 
my coaching clients are going to copycat me. Exactly. That was perfect timing, Matt. Your cat just jumped up on the table. <laughs> I, they have to, I want the, do I want them to listen to me? Do I want them to take the steps I'm asking them to take? Absolutely. But they're their own individual and they're going to have their own success, their own way. If they try to repeat my success, my way, they're going to fail. So they need to understand, you need to understand that. And that goes with any of these things I'm going to be talking about. Now, a second thing you can do, and Matt, jump in anytime, by the way. Second thing you can do is volunteer. That can be very difficult to figure out who you can volunteer with. But if you can get in with the right company, volunteer, help out, I would call that your pain for education because you're taking a lot of time and uh, you're probably putting in more reps than if you paid a mentor. And so it's, it's still paid, still paying a mentor, right? You're just volunteering. Um, so you're working for free, right? And, and you're gonna have to put in a lot of hours, a lot of reps to work for free to get the education you want. You might not get as direct education too, by the way. You might not get access to the resources of the people that you hope to get it right away or at all. So you're certainly taking a little bit of risk there. And what, Number kind, of three, free, what, what kind of free work uh, would that entail? Uh, really, honestly, any anything that you're good at, I would say figure out what you're good at. If you want, if you like the idea of doing some free work to gain hopefully some exposure, figure out what you're good at, and then volunteer. Ask the companies, ask the people that you've connected with. Say, hey, you know what? I'm really good with social media. I'd love to just for do some some free work for you. Post blah, 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 do this stuff and return. I just want to be able to kind of look into your business a little bit and learn from you, lean into what you're doing, right? And so figure out what you're good at and how you can add value. That's what I would say if you're volunteering. Okay. Number three, work for a company. Be hired as an employee. Look, I we hired two people recently one is our our broker relations our, our kind of our business development uh he does a lot of the underwriting to broker relationships uh, you know he's always, he's he's finance deals he's a young guy very motivated he will eventually be buying properties on his own he will have ownership of gps but he's doing the reps right now and he's learning and he's growing and he's becoming better every single day and he's learning every single day. He's getting a free education while getting paid to do something he enjoys doing. He's gaining confidence, he's, he's gaining an education. When he steps out, assuming he stays with us for you know a period of time here, when he steps out on his own, he's gonna be so prepared, he's gonna have industry connections, He's going to be able to leverage and, and go a long ways because of what he's doing, right? The other guy, same thing. He's, a, he's our construction manager. Same thing. He's building the relationships. He's boots on the ground. The same thing. He will buy properties on his own. And, and we're okay with that. We understand that. That we want, sure, would I want these guys to be in our business long term? And maybe they will be. Do I want them there for 30 years? Yeah. Will they be? Maybe. But if they're not, that's okay as long as they're having success doing what they decide to do. So 
Um, so that's that's the third way. And the fourth way, there's a lot of different options, but figure out how you can bring value to a company while gaining equity or partnering with people you know, that are at a similar or maybe slightly step above. So I'll give you some examples. We, I had Brian, one of my mentor clients that partnered with uh, a, a gentleman who had done some deals, wasn't, didn't build a huge company, didn't have 5,000 units or anything like that, but he had, had some success. And Brian, um, you know, built a relationship with him, provided value with him, and got in on the general partnership side of the equation. Now, this gentleman that he had gotten to know, could he have tried to hire Brian as an employee? Yeah, he could have, but Brian worked it in to get some of the GP on that deal. Now, right now, they're partners. They've formed an official company and they're partners and they're doing business with each other and they're doing deals with each other. Brian got into a great opportunity by taking action, by taking charge. He learned quickly and he added the value that he brings to the table. That's the key is you have to figure out what do you bring to the table. Um, and you're, you have to understand too, Matt, every general partner is not the right partner for you. So don't, don't, be focused on, I really like this general partner and I want to get part of their GP. I don't think you, you can't approach it like that. You have to build relationships and you have to understand that you can add proper value to this company. And then you have to understand where they're at in their business. Do they even want another partner? If they've got three, four, five partners, even two partners, it's just two people, do they really want a third partner? The answer might be yes, but it also might be no, right? So understand that before you put your time and your effort into it, thinking you're going to get part of their partnership. Understand, do they even want a partner and will they, will they give me part of their GP? And your skills and interests needs to complement them as well. So like if you're yeah. really good at asset management and your partner, your potential partner is really good at asset management, uh, you know, it, who's going to do asset management? I mean, you, there's so many other parts to the equation that uh, you might need to find somebody different. One of the things you can, if we're now, we're, now we're talking GP, gaining control of GP. And by the way, you, maybe you hired a mentor, maybe you volunteered, or maybe you worked for a company and you're like, all right, I'm ready. I want GP, but I don't have my own deal. I like this opportunity that you're talking about. Figure out what they're missing. Ask them, Hey, what are your pain points? What do you guys need work? What do you guys need help with? And if you are great, maybe you came from a private equity firm and you have a ton of relationships and you can bring a bunch of money into the deals. And they say their biggest pain point is underwriting. Well, that probably is not a fit for you. But if their biggest pain point for growth is money, that's probably a perfect fit, perfect opportunity for you to potentially come into that business. Look, I've got all the relationships already built up. 
happy to come in, but I do expect some equity if I'm going to come in. Happy to come in to this partnership and I don't expect equity from maybe your previous deals, but maybe we can work something out on these future deals and I'll help bring a lot of money into these deals. You know, so there's a lot of, a lot of different ways you can do it. Maybe you are the expert at underwriting. You know, that was Brian. Brian was, is very detail oriented, very good at underwriting, very good at processes. And he was able to bring that stability into their company. Right. And so it doesn't always mean you have to raise money. It doesn't mean you have to find the deal. There's many things that you can do. Those are probably the two easiest ones though, Matt. Find the deal and raise the money. Well, not easy, easy, but uh, uh, I mean, the, you know. Easiest way to kind of get yourself into a deal. And a lot of times, by the way, you're getting yourself into a deal, not the company. And that's something that you have to understand. You might get into one deal or two deals, but you're not necessarily a partner in their company. And that's okay. That allows you to put your name on that deal. That allows you to grow. And that allows you to start potentially doing your own deals um, on, your, on your own or with part, with other partners. That's a bit like dating, needing to make sure that there's somebody that you want to do deals with long-term. Well, that's true too. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure. So I was just uh, I was just on a um, mastermind call the other day, and I was talking about a deal we had um, that we were looking at doing in San Antonio. And San Antonio just got named the fastest growing city in the country. Um, so I, that hurts, right? I had a deal we could have done in San Antonio, the fastest growing city in the country. Um, we had it lined up ready to go. But we decided to pass on that deal because the partners on the deal weren't a good fit for us. We didn't feel like the synergy was going to be there. We didn't feel like their experience was what we wanted. And we just didn't feel good about the whole situation. There was, you know, just, just some, just some things we weren't excited about. And one of the guys on the call said, well, you could have just create an operating agreement where it allowed you to step in if anything happened. And I said, you know, I could have done that and certainly would have been okay to do, but I have a firm belief that anybody I do business with, I have to really trust and know, and I have to really feel like they're going to do business the way I want to do business. Because what I feel is that you become who you surround yourself with and you become who your partners are. And so if we partner with somebody we don't think has the same values, has the same, you know, it just just doesn't fit you know with synergy with us, that becomes our reputation. And whether we have a step in provision or not, it still becomes our reputation. And so I do not want to do business like that. I do not want to feel like there's a chance we have to step in. Now, would we still do that? Would we still have a step in provision, even if we feel like we align perfectly? Absolutely. But I don't want to feel like there's a chance that that's even going to happen. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. In that deal, I would have been putting that step in provision 
for a reason. And that reason would be because I feel like there's a good chance I'm going to have to utilize that. I want to put that in there. And the only reason I put that in there is because that's just good practice, but I feel like there's zero chance we're going to have to utilize it. Yeah. I mean, the same thing, if you're looking to hire an employee, if you, you know, interview someone and think like, Oh, I'm probably going to have to fire them uh, before too long. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we're constantly trying to look for in, in my assisted living, um, you know, portfolio, we've got hundreds of employees and we're constantly trying to look for better and better employees. And, and, um, we're always wanting to find people that fit our company better. And I think that's, that's what you need to be looking for as a leader is how can people fit you and in your company and how do you fit them? You know, how do you work together? Good. Um, all right. Any other ideas, Matt, on how to become part of a GP and how to, how to maybe get into your first deal? Uh, I mean, if you have a bunch of money, you could be a key principal. Uh, and Great point. Yeah, we didn't cover that. So what's a key principal? It's somebody who uh, has a high net worth that uh, acts as sort of a security against the mortgage. Um, yeah. So on these commercial loans, right, you have to have a specific net worth and liquidity. And uh, a lot of times, you know, if you're newer or beginning, even if you're not newer, if you're doing bigger deals, you don't qualify. And so maybe you're shy on net worth and liquidity by $3 million, $4 million. If you're sitting there going, hey, I got a net worth of 10 million or whatever it is, and I got some liquidity, you could come in and you could capture a little bit of the GP by being the KP, the key principle, as Matt mentioned. And, um, you know, you're, you're definitely give, putting up a little bit of risk, but you got to, again, get in business with people you know, like, and trust. And if you do, and you like the deal, you like the the people, then that risk is definitely mitigated and you put your and it's non-recourse, right? Hopefully, um, if you're doing recourse, you better be taking a whole heap of a lot more equity and you better really, 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 really trust them. Um, but if it's non-recourse, you know, there is some, some carve outs, but they're not going to go after your personally likely. Uh, another way too, is if you've just got some cash sitting around, uh, you can put earnest money into a deal. And with that earnest money, you can ask for equity. Uh, for a little bit of little bit of the GP, so you're putting in some risk capital again. That that's risk because you want to make sure these guys can close. I would not put in any earnest money on somebody's first deal, um, but you know if they've done a couple deals and you feel really confident in what they can do, you can certainly put some earnest money into a deal. So, yeah, other creative ways to to getting into deals, but it, it, again, it, it comes down to what needs do other people have and how can you feel those needs? How can you solve their problem and get into a deal, whether it's the GP, whether it's volunteering or, or working for them, whatever that is. Yeah. Very good. Cool, man. Well, I don't have anything else. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks. You too. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.